Pictures podcast where we watch every single movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me as always is Mark. Hello. And Erica. Hey Ryan. Hey Mark. Hey. Hey Erica. Hey Mark and Erica joining us. We have a very special guest for this episode joining us from uh, across the pond and another pond and another pond after that. (laughs) (laughs) We have with us our good friend, a writer, an editor, Eddie Yadis, is joining us for this episode. Hey, Ed! Hello! Hi. Welcome, Ed. We are so glad you are here because we couldn't imagine talking about this movie without you. And, of course, the movie we're discussing in this episode is 1986's Black Moon Rising. Yes. He's uncompromising. Both thieves. Relentless. The wrong man to cross. You've got three days. She's unyielding. Enough! Elusive. I won't let you use me. And cold as ice. The game is over. Together. They're devastating. From the mind of John Carpenter, Black Moon Rising. Yes, 1986's Black Moon Rising. Brought to you by Der Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> Right next to the Betsy. <laughs> Turn left on Ryland Towers. <laughs> um, of course, this is directed by our good pal, Harley Cokeless, friend of the mm-hmm. show, we can say now. Yeah. Um, and written by Desmond Nakano, who did 1984's Body Rock, then Last Exit to Brooklyn, and American Me. Wow. I mean, what, well, a, what yeah. a resume there. Wow. Also coming in uh, to do the drafts they were working on during the production, we have William Gray, who uh, wrote The Changeling, and he also wrote New World's The Philadelphia Experiment. And then another guy who wrote this script and wrote the initial script is a nobody named John Carpenter. Just a, Hmm. I don't know, a guy who never really made much of an impression in terms of... (laughs) Well, yeah, I think have, he they, did. They must have brought him in at the end just yeah. to kind of like fill out, like do the punctuation. Just they check got the his, his initial draft and they were like, Ugh, we better rewrite this and <laughs> fast. This guy does not know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he does not know anything. Um, he wrote this around the same time as he wrote uh, Escape from New York. Nice. And he has never seen the finished product of Black Moon Rising. What? Um, as Harley told us in our interview I with him last year. I thought you were going to say he's never seen Escape from New York. Yeah, he's never <laughs> seen Escape from New York. Never once. Not a single time. Um, uh, as Harley Cokeless told us last year, he was uh, John Carpenter was happy to take his check and then, let the, and then ran off and said, go ahead and make the film. He gets an executive producer credit on this as well, but that's all that he was really interested in. But it is also, we're recording this on John Carpenter's birthday. So happy happy birthday, birthday. John Carpenter. Happy birthday. Ed is now, he's a day ahead of us. So he's technically already celebrated 
John Carpenter's birthday. So what'd you do, Ed? Like, I'm sure you made a I day just, of it. Which I didn't do a, a huge deal. I did observe it with a moment of silence for a man <laughs> who will... He's still alive, but... He's still alive, but... He will be missed. Worth, it felt right. It felt right. <laughs> <laughs> he will um, one day be missed. I think... Um, I think... I. I I just want to also mention that the editor on this movie was Todd Ramsey, who uh, who edited The Thing and Escape from New York. So yes, there's a whole John Carpenter uh, team so at work here. <laughs> Todd Ramsey saw it. So Todd, Todd Ramsey seen saw it. it a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. He maybe could could, could maybe tell could, John about yeah, it. Yeah. Maybe tell John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, here's that what it happened. turned out good. And John yeah. could be like, I don't John, care. I don't Todd want. Todd Ramsey don't wouldn't shut up about it. So John <laughs> Carpenter was like, Okay, dude, I never need to see this movie because you won't stop talking about it. While he's editing the thing, he's like, I had this really great edit in Black Moon Rising, way better than this one. John's he's like, like I'm going to ah. tell you the edit I'm going to do in Black Moon Rising four years from now. <laughs> Can't wait to. Oh, dude, you're going to love it. <laughs> and then Tommy Lee Jones uh, jumps out of the way. <laughs> yeah. and then, Speaking and of, then. this movie stars Tommy Lee Jones, who's playing a character that Erica, when we first watched this movie, thought his name was Squant. <laughs> That's um, right. I did Squant. think his name was Squant. She actually turned to me and said, "Is his name Squant?" And I said, "Nowhere near that. It's Quint." You, I don't know. And I was like. Quint. No idea where you got that from, but it, I, it sounded like they said mm-hmm. squant. But it, it's he that is, Tommy Lee Jones accent. It My is name is he, Squant. I can't think of him as anything other than Squant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so forgive me as I continue to call him Squant throughout the episode. His name is technically Quint. <laughs> Do not adjust your headphones. <laughs> we know his real character name. <laughs> That's his um, nickname. His, uh, his legal name is Squant, but his friends call him Quint. Yeah, his, yeah. That's his professional name. His real name is Squant. <laughs> That's, okay. That's what's on his business card. <laughs> um, now Jones is he's in he's in another New World movie, Jackson County Jail. But at this point in time, he was coming off the family drama The River Rat and the very first HBO movie called The Park Is Mine, which is about a Vietnam vet who takes over Central Park. This also stars Linda Hamilton and Woo! a variety of wigs. And Hamilton <laughs> had previously been in a little something called The Terminator, uh, a franchise that I think we can all admit didn't get good until Genesis. Um, <laughs> she also got her first starring role in a new world, uh, new world film called Tag the Assassination Game, which is written by and directed, uh, or rather directed by Nick Castle, who co-wrote Escape from New York with John Carpenter. And she also had previously starred in Children of the Corn, which is one of the first movies of the uh, new era of New World Pictures when they purchased this from mm-hmm. Roger Corman. So we should we should to, review that one. Children of the Corn. It is. Yeah. It was our first episode ever. So yeah. Mark does not remember back. Yeah, he keeps, I never. I've never saying, listened to it. I've right. never listened to it. Oh <laughs> wow! What a Carpenter move! It's such a Carpenter move. Never. I'm going to record it, but I will not listen. Todd Ramsey will tell you all about it. Yeah. Todd Ramsey won't shut up about Children of the Corn. Uh, Mark's like, I've never About your first episode. Not, not really the movie, but he just talks about your first episode. He just talks about our episodes. Mark's like, man, we should do Death Race 2000. Like, we did it. We did it already. He's like, I don't know. I don't remember that. Maybe Creep Show 2. We did that. We did that already. Have you guys thought about covering steaming? <laughs> oh. 
we're, we're we've think, covered it. We're not we've covered do it. we think about covering steaming? We're thinking about uncovering steam in. Yeah, thank you. Whoa. I'm glad you asked, Ed, because that does lead me to my next question, which is, uh, are you going to be available? Because uh, I would love to have you join the cast of Steamin. Because we could really, really have, like, um, you know, a character with some, like, down under flair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. If, if I have anything, it's down under flair. Nice. They, 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 what what Erica messed up on is it's down under flair, down under. Yeah. That's yes. more specifically. <laughs> oh, I didn't mess up, Mark. I did not uh, oh, mess okay. up. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so I take things very literally. <laughs> Audio wink. <laughs> when you do an audio wink you have to say it out loud yeah that's how that works. Well, how else yeah. would people hear yeah, it how else i can't but, wink loud enough for them to hear it ryan to get back to linda hamilton's character does anyone remember her name yes, <laughs> nina it is nina oh, well done nina. it is really? nina yeah it's not oh. squeena <laughs> no <laughs> I think of her as Sarah Connor anyway, but it yeah, is so Nina. We all do. So I wish they had just called her Sarah Connor just to make it easier for all of us. Sarah Connor. <laughs> uh, here's where you can watch Black Moon Rising if you want to catch up to what we're talking about. It is on Tubi and it's available to rent on most platforms. We watched the Kino Lorber Blu-ray, which almost looked too good, I have to say. It looks mm-hmm. so good. I still, I sometimes wonder, is this better on an old crappy VHS? I don't know. The, the The new version looks so good. I could barely recognize Lee Ving in this because he looked so classy and so nice. <laughs> I was like, who? Oh, that's Lee Ving. All oh, right, that's right. So, um, but it's it's a it's a great uh, Blu-ray if you're interested in that. But also, it's on Tubi. Now we always have our guests pick the movie, and Ed chose Black Moon Rising for this episode. So, Ed, I have to ask, why Black Moon Rising? Well, um, I'd always wanted to watch it. And I figured, <laughs> what better way sure. to watch it live on a podcast with my friends? <laughs> so wait. you have yet to see it. You're watching it currently. Yeah, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it with you guys right now on this podcast. Okay, well, we're going to talk about it now, Ed. So that's the thing. We may, we, oh. we may be interrupting your viewing. I thought this was like a uh, mystery science theater kind of situation <laughs> where we... Uh, no? Were we, were we, nope, that's not it. That's not it. Ooh. And well, you'll know I, that I'm not watching it because I'm awake. That's how you'll always <laughs> know. No. <laughs> no, I love this movie. This is this is a movie. Um, I watched it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And uh, I've watched it over the years, like a few times. Not a ton of times, but a few times. And uh, I don't know. I love this movie. Did you see it like when it was in theaters at all? Or no, did you no, see no, no, it, no, like, no, no. It had to be video, this, right? <clears throat> yeah. I, in fact, I might have been, I think it was cable the first okay. time. I used to go over to my, my parents never had cable, uh, but I used to go over to my grandmother's Familiar. house sometimes and she had cable. And so mm-hmm. if I'd spend the night there, I would watch so many Never Too Young to Die watch there. <laughs> like at, late yeah. at night. Yes. Late at yeah. night. Having a friend with cable was clutch Clutch. yes growing up because i too grew up without cable so it was important too yeah mark and i's grandparents not only had cable they also had hbo so we were like like when can we spend the night over at their house so we can like watch a bunch of stuff on hbo my my grandmother in mexico had like a box with a like satellite thing that would just pick up cable channels like so she had hbo and cinemax it wasn't 
<clears throat> I think you just it just stole the signal. Like I don't think okay. it was like she subscribed to anything. My grandfather sure. would not have subscribed to cable channels, but <laughs> uh, he, but yeah, I watched a lot of movies late at night, spending the night there, and I'm pretty sure Bad Moon Rising. The first time I watched it was there. Nice. Black Moon Rising, excuse me, and uh, not to yeah. be confused bad, with the werewolf moon. film Bad Moon. <laughs> I was going right. to say Bad Moon Rising is the is the porn version. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go around. We got to start talk about what this movie is about. So, Mark, let's start with you. What is Black Moon Rising about? The rise and fall of the Lucky Dollar Corporation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 We don't see we we don't exactly see the fallout, but we feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel mm-hmm. the fallout of that. When company. that tape gets into Bubba Smith's hands, you Oof, know it's that, over. Co- that company's going down, going down. <laughs> so true. Uh, Ed, what is the what is Black Moon Rising about? Black Moon Rising to me is about the entrepreneurial spirit in America, a country <laughs> where you can be the dumbest people at NASA, design a car. <laughs> <laughs> and turn it into an industry. Mm. Or conversely, you can start a business stealing cars and parlay it into two massive towers that you design and build and dedicate two floors to your stolen car business. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the, really the greatest country in the world, and that's why I live in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Erica, what is this movie about? That's funny. I, I Hearing what they had to say, that sounds pretty true. But I mean, I got to be honest with you, Ryan. I thought this movie was the first draft of, of Knight Rider. Like mm. this was the first yeah. stab at it. And it was, you know, you got to work out some kinks. You got to sure. next step is the talking car. Mm-hmm. But you still got like your hunky leading man who's always wearing like a leather jacket. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought the sure. first draft They, they do Rider. dress very similarly. Yeah. Um, the car didn't talk. I think that's probably well, that's why it's the first draft. Right, that's why they, yeah. yeah, they Cars were like, fast, you know what would make it better? Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, actually, sh- Ryan, um, just to quickly jump in, the car that uh, that Squant is driving around, which is the sure. Dodge Daytona Turbo Z, uh, yes. it did come with an electronic navigator <gasps> and electronic message center with I voice alert. So wow. it would say things in a synthesized voice, like. The door is ajar. <gasps> Don't forget your keys. Wow. The electrical system is malfunctioning. Your engine oil pressure is low. And my favorite, your headlamps are on. Ooh, yeah. So, sure. I mean, so there was actual talking back to uh, to reinforce uh, Erica's uh, premise. Uh, but it was only a 2.2 liter of 142 horsepower car. So it wasn't. They're making they're they're really uh, showing it off in a way that it was never meant to be shown. But <laughs> so, I love yeah. crunching those numbers. God, Man. I love it. Oh, welcome, welcome back. back. <laughs> welcome back, crunching the numbers. Um, <laughs> Thank you. For, Thank these you. are all great, and I can totally see where you guys get this. For me, I thought this movie was basically uh, an explanation of why the hydrogen fueled engine never really took off, because there are a lot of bother. I mean, let's be honest. High maintenance. They're a lot of bother. So what? What's the point? Why? Why bother with it? Yeah, they can only really get yeah. you quickly through tunnels. Yeah. If we're honest, I know. Right. You know? That's a good right. point. That's a good point. Um, now we always uh, do the letterbox synopsis to these movies, and we're on letterbox. So follow us there if you can. 
And I think this one's kind of wild. I almost didn't use it and used the one on IMDb, which is much more accurate. And this one's very short, but very like, I think it leaves a lot, but see what you guys think. An FBI freelancer. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. He's really a thief hired by the FBI, but. Sure. (laughs) He's freelancing. Okay. Stashes a stolen Las Vegas crime tape. I'm that's leaving some details out. There's he, he does take a tape of a company that's based in Los Angeles and he takes Las Vegas, excuse me, sorry, Las Vegas. And he takes their, like, uh, their financials Mm -hmm. and he then does stash them into this, into this car, but he stashes a stolen Las Vegas crime tape in a high tech car stolen by someone else. Mm. <laughs> well, she. That's like, yeah, yeah. That's Does like, Linda go steal it, Nina? She does. Steal I'm not it. sure if I'm reading that and going, "Holy shit, let's put that on." <laughs> yeah, they do collapse a lot of plot points into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know the devil's in the details, guys. You know, sometimes it's up to give us just a little more of a taste of what this movie's <laughs> about. Little, one more sentence. Yeah. I wish they would boil it down even more and just be like, super fast car, Tommy Lee Jones, Linda Hamilton, boobies, and then leave it at that. Yes. Wouldn't that more is a movie. That it? is a movie I would go, I cannot not put this on. Yeah, right. You, I have to put this on. Yeah. Yeah. They are Linda Hamilton's boobies. I like that you separated the boobies from Linda Hamilton, even though they are Linda Hamilton's boobies. So you're like, well, you, it gives you a sense that there could be other that's boobies. That's the hook. Yeah. That's the right. hook. As a viewer, as a reader, I would think, ooh, do you get to see Lee Ving's boobies? <laughs> or, or what about Robert Vaughn's giant yeah. Robert Vaughn. <laughs> um, this is a, one of those movies that in 1986 opens with, like, I guess an email? Yeah, what <laughs> is yes. that? In, right. in what I have to call a John Carpenter font. Yeah, I yes. know yes, it's, yep. it just feels like Agreed. they had to like shop around for that font and we're it's like, the okay. Same, it's the same computer that figures out the odds of survival in the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And but it goes it, through the odds for, for Blair. Yeah. In 1986, did we spell freelance free dash Lance? I guess so. Has that yeah, that's changed, hasn't mm. it? Yeah. I was like, yeah. did they was there a misspelling or did we just modernize and drop the the hyphen after a while? Yeah. You know what probably happened is probably some freelancer who was working at Webster's <laughs> just kind of said, you know what? He just was typing up a new edition, totally left the dash out. And they yeah. were just like, yeah. screw I it, love, it's in print. I love that you assume it's a Webster's mistake <laughs> and not a New World mistake. <laughs> It's like a PA at New World just <laughs> typed out the text. <laughs> Look, it's written on a screen in a New World movie. It essentially is. I mean, this is essentially God's will. This is <laughs> this is divine. This is divine. There's nothing that could be wrong. Um, and 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 I guess this this opening information tells us that they're hiring hiring Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, this. This is, seems a bit of a clunky bit of exposition to say that Tommy Lee Jones is working for the government now because they never right. mention him by name. Yeah. They never say we've hired Squant. Uh-huh. Don't worry. He's on the <laughs> right. Yeah. And we then got we Squant cut to and transmission. 
We cut to Tommy Lee Jones going into a liquor store to drink the smallest cup of coffee anyone yeah. could find. Right. A thimble full right. of coffee. His hand looks so massive around that cup. <laughs> the, the, yes. the, the, the CEOs of Starbucks saw this movie and were like, there is a business. People cannot be satisfied with this being the cup of coffee that they can, they're able to get. We got to really jump in there. If Give we can them... sell cups that big and call them grande. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to think they're getting a bigger cup. Um, <laughs> let's see. We do we do see Tommy Lee Jones in a liquor store, but he eventually does pull off his first gig, which, as Mark was mentioning, was at the Lucky Dollar Corporation. I just want to really note that there is a sound at the... There's an alarm sound that happens at the Lucky mm-hmm. Dollar Corporation. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a little bit like this. Okay, and now I'd just like to point out that there's also an alarm that goes off in The Thing, which came out years earlier, directed uh, by John Carpenter, which sounds like this. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Todd Ramsey. <laughs> Todd, Todd Ramsey. That's why New World right. likes him. That's right. Because he double dipped on a sound effect. That's Todd bringing that in. <laughs> he just yes. failed on to sound effects. <laughs> oh. But you know what? John wasn't any wiser because he never saw it. Yeah, he so. never saw it. He wouldn't know. He saw he it, never heard it. Right. Know. Todd was yeah, like, well, John's never going to watch this movie. We could fine. steal we freely from this. Yeah. No, he keeps going. He keeps going to John and going, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? That's been his <laughs> Easter egg that he's yeah. had sitting in there for 30 oh, years. Just waiting. Just waiting. Oh, just I, I, I have a quick question, hmm. though, for you, Ryan. Yes. Um, when you were watching Black Moon Rising and you heard that alarm go off, mm-hmm. because, list, dear listeners, I know that Ryan loves the thing so very much. Sure. Did yes, you I already do. know that that sound effect was from the thing? Oh, yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, they use that in many other movies in the 80s, and I always think of the thing whenever I hear it. I'm like, that's the same alarm sound the as the dome. thing. Oh, yeah. No, Off I mean, dome. I've seen the thing enough millions of times that I'm like, I, I recognize. It's a sound that I've never heard on an actual alarm, and it like right. I've never been on a submarine in an emergency, but I, I feel like it's a submarine sounding. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> You're either like that's either a submarine or I'm on US Outpost 31. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's just it it doesn't things. sound like a Las or, Vegas building. Or I'm in the Lucky not. Dollar Corporation home yeah. offices. <laughs> What's funny is that that alarm sound follows like the initial alarm sound when Tommy Lee Jones takes the tape. There's an initial alarm sound. He runs the hallway, and that's when the thing sound alarm sound happens. So they also have two sounds because they're fancy because they're Las Vegas. Ooh. But right, uh, that's not that first alarm sound is not the same as the second. So huh. interesting. Is Tom Ramsey just kind of throwing in a little John Carpenter nod. I don't know. I don't mm. know. I don't know if he did the I, sound. I think I, mean, I, but... I do. I think it's an Easter egg that he planted in there, and he's really bummed. Yeah. It's never paid off after all this time. <laughs> yeah, someday John will watch this. <laughs> <laughs> we do get to see Tommy Lee Jones uh, run away from Lee Ving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd like to point out, because Harley points this out uh, in a lot of interviews with him, that Tommy Lee Jones did his own stunts. However, I got to think that that initial stunt when he jumps through the glass door is not one he did. Uh, Maybe. Probably. I don't know. I I love that stunt because I watch it so many times. I, I'm convinced that the door that he goes through has 
a handle that's a bar yep. across the door. Yes. Yep. It's hard to really pinpoint it. You, know, you can, yep, you can see it. But it, you can it, see the bar, and then he goes through it, and there's no bar, and that's <laughs> one of my favorite moments. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, because yeah. how hilarious would it have been if he crashes through the glass, but his belly gets caught on that bar? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like Looney Tunes style, like <laughs> just elastic, elastic Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> And they just right totally the catch him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, give me the tape. It's done. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> but, you know, in this movie, uh, Tommy Lee Jones t- does get his ass beat like a lot yeah. in this lot. movie. Right. Yeah. Yes. And realistically. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that fight scene later in the movie where there, it's not even you can't really call it much of a fight scene. Like there's three guys that just pummel him. It, right. it, and several times, it's always like leaving whose whose character I believe is named uh, Marvin and his yeah. dude Squar- Squarvin, Squarvin, <laughs> Squarvin, Squarvin. <laughs> yeah, and they they just kick the shit out of Squant. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> come on, boys, kick this, Let's, kick this shit it's... out of Squant. <laughs> but they destroy him, and it's like very, uh. um, it's it's kind of gruesome. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that is. Um, you know, not that far off from other movies of its type, you know, like the cruelty of the bad guys and like someone getting their ass beat. But this movie like really shows it as like, as brutal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, he gets, he gets pummeled and it's really, uh, it's intense and it goes on for a little while. And, and, uh, the damage that it does keeps accumulating, which is is yeah. like so I love about this movie that it doesn't just wear off, you know. Yeah. If you if you watch a lot of like kung fu movies, one of my favorite things is there's always like in any sort of fight, there's just a moment where the hero is like totally beat down and they're just like worn out and they're like, Ugh, I don't think I'm gonna make it through this. But then they suddenly summon just an unbelievable amount of strength and courage from somewhere and end up winning. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to be this movie at all. He has to like retreat to Linda Hamilton right. and be like, I just got my ass beat. Please, right. please help me. <laughs> and the driving, the driving scene, when he drives after getting his ass beat, so much like driving completely wasted. Yeah. Almost yeah. in a blackout where he like he you're barely in control of the vehicle. You're swerving. You, your lizard brain somehow remembers the address of this woman you just met that you must see that night. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And he just like, he makes it, I don't know. There's something about that scene. That's like, again, like very real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, when he parks the car, he basically just turns it and it's like facing out. He doesn't even really park it parallel yeah. to the curb. Yeah, he goes onto he, the sidewalk and then yeah, comes off yeah. of the sidewalk in a perpendicular. <laughs> yeah. It's just <laughs> like, he just like gets out like, Oh, fuck it. I'm here. Oh, I did well, it. He, I got he it. He had, they rammed his head into the side door of his car. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of ass whooping that he took. Yeah. Right. Now, does and he it, go to the hospital? I mean, he's passing out, as you said, Ed. He's passing out trying to drive, barely able to even just keep his eyes open. Concussed yeah. Probably, AF. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does he go to the hospital? No. No. He goes to, nope. he goes to Linda Hamilton's character's name, Nina. Mm-hmm. Nina. Squeena. 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 goes Squ- to Squeena's. <laughs> Sarah Squana. Because he knows when you get your ass beat, all you yeah. got to do, the cure to getting your ass beat and heavily mm-hmm. concussed, 
two cotton balls, mm-hmm. half shot of bourbon, mm-hmm. yeah. soak in a tub, warm yeah. bath. bed, warm bath, warm bath, go to bed. Your right is right in the next. Really best does thing. cure everything. Bourbon is the Cures best everything. thing for a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> bourbon, just yeah, drink some thing. bourbon. The the insult to that concussion too is the fact that he got his head rammed into his own door, and you know that his his car is telling him that his door is ajar. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget your keys it's like, I know it's open I know it's open <laughs> she's getting beat with it the headlamps like, are on the headlamps are on like, squat you left your keys in the car how do you know it's saying it down I can hear it down the alley it just keeps repeating it your keys are in the car you're um, swerving you're swerving <laughs> Your eyes are closed. Your eyes are closed. <laughs> Did you get your ass beat? <laughs> your brain is malfunctioning. Your brain is uh, malfunctioning. There's no denying that there's chemistry between them, but they literally just met over a crime. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That they're right. on the opposite right. sides of. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh but she really cares for him. She brings him back to uh Mm-hmm. fighting shape as it were and but those the damage that that fight does and everything else that's happened to him like just accumulates and by the end yeah. of it he's like he's in rough shape and that yeah toward the end sure. of that movie it's yeah. amazing i love what like i keep thinking about all the reasons i love this movie and like that's one of them it's just the the toll you don't normally see toll. a hero like yeah. you know like i said like a lot of movies especially an action movie like this they're by the end, even like this is almost like it's sort of like Die Hard, you know, when at the end of Die Hard, what, what sort of made that movie so great is at the end, you could see the toll taken. Usually yeah. they're like stabbed, they're bleeding, they've been shot in the arm and they still are at the end. They still can like laugh it off and do they a They can high still five, do that jump know? in the air <laughs> like, and then yeah, freeze. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're still and it's like this one, it's like, no, he really he gets his ass beat and he is like hurting, you know, yeah. really right. badly. And even more than Die Hard in this sense, because. He's not doing any stunts that are impossible. You know what I mean? He's not sure. flying off the side of the building with a well, maybe one with a fire hose. Outside of that, there may be one stunt he does that's fairly oh, yeah. impossible. But right, true. But but you're right. I mean, he's not doing things that an, uh, any one of us couldn't, under unfortunate circumstances, find ourselves in. I mean, yeah, you. Feel I like- have almost been beat up by leaving. Several times. <laughs> Several times. Many Anyone times. who's ever even laid eyes on leaving has almost gotten beat up. <laughs> That's um, why they named the band Fear. Because they're like, do not cross him. Do not cross us. Do not us. cross leaving. And I love the fact that I, while we're on this subject, I love the fact that leaving is the villain in this, or at least one of the villains. Obviously, right. Robert Vaughn plays a key role in terms of being a villain. And to a lesser extent, Nick Cassavetes uh, as Luis, uh-huh. who, who has a sort of a thankless role as just the guy who literally murders anyone that crosses Robert Vaughn. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Which, because there are no steps between Robert Vaughn being crossed a little bit and murder. It's like my four-year-old and screaming, you know, it's like the slightest disappointment. My four-year-old just starts sh- literally shrieking. <laughs> but, but I love the fact that Lee Ving is the one dishing out a lot of punishment on Tommy Lee Jones in this. And what I love about it, too, is that I don't think he gets enough credit for literally being every single place that Squant goes to. Mm -hmm. Like, he has a Squant squant tracker. (laughs) 
He's right he on his ass throughout the, <laughs> the whole, whole movie. movie. Yeah. He slapped an air tag in his wallet, and he has been following him all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He is like, even at the Terminator. end. He's there. He's yeah. at yes. the very end. He's yeah. there. How he's did just, he know oh, that he was going to end up there? Let's jump ahead to that. How, how? did they know how? they would? How did that you know? floor that moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just. What are they hanging? Were they just taking the elevator, waiting? Yeah. <laughs> even if you saw it from the floor, right. even from the outside, you saw the car jump between the two buildings. You wouldn't be like, pretty <laughs> fast. Here we go. Pretty fit. Let's go. Yeah. Go. 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 Right. No. He, there's something he Marvin knows, and like he knows the in... way Squant thinks. <laughs> he's inside <laughs> Squant's head. That's right. He's in and head. Not only that. They don't get any credit for being able to sneak up on you like a fucking ninja, like they do when he meets when he goes and sees Iron John. Like yeah. in that, you know those little like you know movable uh, construction trailers. houses or trailers. Yeah, it's a trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer. It's set up I mean, like a hospital room. construction <laughs> tiny house. <laughs> okay, great. You guys know what I'm talking about. I was trying to dumb it down so you would understand. Thank you. Okay, but okay, you guys. Your explanation okay, did it. Okay, fair. Thank fair. you for not making okay, it intellectual. So, okay, I'll use the big word trailer because I guess <laughs> you guys are ready. That's for that. a, wait. The what? <laughs> tiny construction oh, houses. Boy, college boy here. <laughs> tiny construction houses is a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yep. Tiny construction houses, and it's just an outline of of a trailer. Of a trailer. And then we put on there a division of the lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Lucky Dollar Corporation. The Lucky Dollar Corporation. <laughs> um, so when he goes in the trailer, he's he's there seeing Iron John. Uh, unfortunately, Iron John is not being with him. And right, he turns around. They're right behind him. Right by him. Oh. Not just leaving, but his yeah. other two guys. Yeah. So <laughs> coming and going. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Okay, wait, Erica, come back. We're still doing waiting. an episode. Why did you walk away? I'm leaving. Leaving. Oh, leaving. That's right. Got it right. Going. I got get it. We all get Let's it. Get it. We all okay. got it. Okay. Tiny construction uh, houses. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about Linda Hamilton, who comes into this movie and is a complete badass, mm-hmm. though. She is dressed like an assistant principal at an elementary school. Yes. <laughs> Almost <Yeah>. always. <laughs> she you mean a fashionable assistant. I mean, her oh. sweater game is so on point in this movie. I mean, oh, and that's man. why I mean and she I you know what? I buy it and maybe I'm I'm trying to buy it because I love this movie and I love Linda Hamilton. Sure. But I love the choice of a thief dressing like a elementary school yeah. teacher like she because why would you suspect her mm-hmm. right yeah right you right. know the, yeah. the the very first scene where you see her where she's at the betsy's and mm, she's peps. like talking to dudes and she's wearing like this black uh, <laughs> uh this black terrible black wig oh uh, like, the worst people, wig of the movie the wor- <laughs> it's a terrible wig the introduction and... of linda hamilton but it is a wig like it's supposed it, oh, to be a yes. wig so yeah, yeah. yeah. she has you a know. whole well, bunch yeah. of them and yeah. they go back she to could, her place she yeah. has wigs she's, all the she's way up got the them all along yeah. The yeah. No, yeah she uses wigs as a handrail to her to the stairs to her room <laughs> right. it's her right. it's her fake mustache she knows her version of the fake mustache she has to wear a wig because she knows that most women at that time would go to the salon and ask for them to do a linda Hamilton on their <laughs> right, their hair, right. so they're like, I got to mix it up because everyone knows my hair because <laughs> they're stealing it. And but she, when she's in there, she like she again has people just they don't take her seriously. They would never suspect her being a car thief. Not even Tommy, not even Squant. Mm-hmm. Squant right, right. Tommy, they squat. Tommy, Tommy, squat. And Tommy, squat. 
His real name. And so he doesn't miss a lot. Hollywood name. Squant doesn't so miss I, a lot, but I he misses have to her. Ask, uh, Obviously, she. Anyone that goes into her apartment is going to realize she's not on a substitute teacher salary, right? Uh, right. But is she a genius home decorator, or is she losing her mind? Because <laughs> I, I think cannot I'm not tell. No, I, I hear think... you, and I love everything about it. She's got wigs going up the stairs. She comes yeah. out in her full kimono, <laughs> including the like wooden <laughs> sandals. She's yes. got a motorcycle in there. She's got a. She's got a folding. Um, room divider and then she has that giant what looks like a national park poster right right on right. it takes up one entire wall an entire it's, wall it's a mess in there it's it was like the, peewee's playhouse meets was, you know benihana meets like, it was the height of Sally's that kind of supply eclectic style in the 80s like not everybody in the 80s lived that way but anybody who had like a somewhat arty non-corporate mm-hmm. job that paid enough, but wasn't like you were rich. Right. Like I knew the guy in the late eighties, early nineties, I knew the guy who was, who ran the, the Cove cinema in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, <clears throat> he's a manager wow. of a theater. He wasn't rich, but he was sure. like at the time it was a job that paid you enough. And like that, her place reminds me of his place. His place was like he had mannequins he had gotten from God knows where. <laughs> right, uh, right. He had posters that were some framed and some just hanging, and it was like stylish. He knew what he was doing. Like there was a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it looked cool at the time. I was a teenager, and it was like super cool. But I've always wondered when I've seen apartments like that that are like lofts. I always assume like when you move in, they just give you half of that shit. It's just there because yeah. that's just what it's like to live in a loft like yeah. that. They, they're just like, look here. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that motorcycle is just there. You can sit on it or you can you, know, you <laughs> yeah. can turn the light on. It's there for you. It's just part yeah. of the apartment. It was yeah, a it, it was a thrift store also mentality. Like people right, would just right. like go through at the time. It was like the heyday of that. Mm-hmm. And you would just be like, ooh, I can make that work in my apartment. And so there'd be random <laughs> things yeah. that you yeah. would make. Yeah, you would upholster like your own stereo speakers with whatever fabric you found. Like it was... I feel like she yeah. moved into that place with just the wigs, but she just didn't have the actual mannequin heads. Yeah. But those were already there. And mm-hmm. they were just right. like, oh, well, this will, this will work great because I have tons of wigs. So this is fantastic. Yeah. Thank it's God the I kind of place. It's the kind of place that an art decorator or a, a like an art department person from the movie business might have. Right. Yes. Totally. Yep. Totally. You know, and so like they would show up in movies every once in a while because it's what the the production designer of whatever movie thought was cool. Mm-hmm. It was kind of offbeat, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you would see those things in movies uh, a, a fair amount, but it predates yeah. the ultra like stylish lofts of the early nineties. If you, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like, yeah. yeah. Skinamax lofts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. But it feels like the loft of somebody who visited Kyoto once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then was like, okay, well now this is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is part of my identity now. This is who I am. I brought yeah. home a kimono. So yeah, I have a kimono, and I, I know home how to an make umbrella. tea. I have a little tray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we all sit, sit while I eat. We all know? sit on the floor. Yeah. It's yep. just right. what we do. There's a motorcycle most... in case someone comes over. Just in case, we gotta make a quick getaway. I think the thing that I found most upsetting about the whole motorcycle thing was that Tommy Lee Jones put his bare, unsocked feet on it. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because however yeah. she had it in there as like a display piece or she's a collector maybe she restored it whatever 
like that was a bold move for a woman mm-hmm. you just met to sit on her motorcycle and then put your bare ass feet on it. That's yeah. why I feel like he was just he was almost like Gross. it's almost like he was peeing on it. Like it was yes. his property. Uh, he's putting I mean? his stink on it and he's That's like, why she wrote a note now. later and was like, Don't steal the bike, please. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I I can see yeah. already you're you're falling in love with this thing. <laughs> yeah. And this really ties the entire apartment together. Right. Without the bike, it doesn't make any sense. Right. I have no other I have no other chairs. This yeah. is the only yeah. chair I have. Where are guests supposed to sit? Squant. <laughs> now what uh what Squeena, what she does for a living is that she steals cars. Yeah. Right. Or the Riley Are we still explaining the plot? <laughs> See, this is the problem with this movie. Is yeah. You have to spend a lot of time explaining it's a lot the of plot. Time. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to move us along to different topics. Mark. Oh, okay. She right. steals. She, this, is, she, this is what we do on this podcast. You should listen to it. <laughs> no. She and her band of thieves. I'll, I'll yeah. say it really quickly. She and her band of thieves work for Robert Vaughn, who's like a mogul of car thefts. Right. And, uh, and, they go to this parking lot of this fancy restaurant to steal a bunch of cars. Mm-hmm. The NASA the one guys located right next to the Der, Der Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's the fancy restaurant <laughs> next to Der Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah. For when you don't, Here's when that fa- fancy Here's... food didn't fill you, you can go next door yeah. and get your get yourself. A one chili of my dog. favorite things in this plot is that these guys who have d- put everything they have, they're former NASA guys. They mention it once, way later in the mm-hmm. movie. Right, right. That, the At main guy, one the, of Richard Jekyll, used to work for NASA. They, they, right. they got one yeah. of one of them, mm-hmm. and then his friends have designed this <laughs> ultra cool car, and uh, and they bring it to find investors. Like they're meeting with mm-hmm. potential investors from right, Italy, right? Who the Italian accents are amazing. Oh. Uh, they might so as well amazing. be serving pasta to Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. They're the, the owners of Olive Garden. So romantic. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> but like my favorite thing in this whole thing is that they they put it in this this car that they've sunk their entire life savings into. They put it in the parking lot, outdoor parking lot, corner parking lot, and they charge the. Like the kid who's the valet parker. Right, right. The guy gives him like a five or a ten. Like he gives him a bill mm-hmm. and goes, I want you to keep an eye on this. And if anyone so much as looks at it, come get me. Which means like <laughs> this kid who's going to be off parking cars is the right. entirety of their security plan. Yeah. And then if he sees something weird, he has to leave the car yeah. and go find <laughs> Yeah. This guy, I love that. And you know that he then told whole... his he, he told his buddies. He tells Richard Jekyll and William Sanderson. He's like, "Don't worry, I gave the guy like a five spot to watch the car." And they were like, <laughs> right. "Oh, awesome!" They're I good. mean, oh sure, well, the security well, of, he a, doesn't... of a valet, fantastic. That's, that's he iron, says it to Richard Jekyll, and then weirdly signs it to William Sanderson. But they they never see. This is why he worked for NASA. They, right. I mean, right. you got to imagine, even NASA hires a couple duds once in a while. It's like, oof, this one is not working out. Yeah. Interviewed great. Interviewed great. Just did not pan out. <laughs> but even their duds are capable of designing the car of the future. Right. Sure. That's right. Which you know NASA. is probably why he got let go from NASA, because he's like... 
guys, this is really cool what we're doing about like, you know, just going into space. But what about if we took some of this technology and built a car? Yeah. Like, like, we're going to space, dude. Yeah. This is against the mission statement of NASA, my friend. Dude, I've well, got the best way to start a bonfire, man. You build a little, yeah, you build the teepee. To, they're like, dude, we're planning on exploring space. Yeah. We want to see what the galaxy has to offer. It's like, I know. But well, what, what if, if a car could go super fast? <laughs> you could like push a button and you would just like zoom. Think about that, right, guys? But then but then he's smart enough to build it. It's like he's smart enough to build a spaceship, but he's like, let's launch it from the parking lot next to the dirt wiener schnitzel. Right. Like, yeah. dude, again, dude, 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 that's not that's not where we launched this thing. For to what end are they gonna try to sell this to this Italian? And again, they don't want to sell to the Italians because they want to keep it American made. For what do you think that this model is now going to be out on the road and they're going to mass market it? What yeah. did you think they were going to do with this? What, who are you selling it's, this it's, to? The, they, there are a lot of things I legitimately love about this movie and that I think are excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the really well done. These three guys are the Achilles heel of this movie. Like it, they're the characters they're not in it much. They're not in it much to be They're fair, not in but... it much. They don't make sense as they make sense as a plot, but they don't make sense as characters. Right. 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 Yeah. The, uh, at all. Like the, um, the NASA guy and then his buddy who seems to know what he's doing. And then there's like Tyke William Sanderson, who is deaf mute. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, who I don't know if he's a brother. Do, like I, I don't think they mention who he is to them. Right, right. He's clearly not. Like he just is not with it. You know what right. I mean? Like he's just right. sort of like an errand boy who like. He's is, a, he's a hype man. You know, what I mean? he's there <laughs> yes. for the high fives. Yeah. He's there when things go well, and he's he like pumped, and you're like, yeah. But, but, but again, so... they're not. They're not thinking through problems effectively. So like no. the car where they've thought they've got to the point that they built this car that goes super fast, but don't know what to do with it. When they're trying to get into the Ryland Corporation building, uh, NASA guys like we need like the zoom lens for this camera. We need right. to be able to take really close pictures. So he sends the guy that we were just talking about, the the mute deaf guy who I, I'm sorry, tyke. the names I just don't Tyke. Tyke sends Tyke to go get that zoom Squank. lens Squank. in the meantime. <laughs> But then he he takes off with the camera and goes somewhere else. So it's like, yes, you, yes. you go thought, get the camera. I, I need the bigger lens, but I'm going to leave. Yeah. Even more troubling, even more troubling than that is they've clearly known this guy for a long time and they love him. It's not just a work relationship. Like they love right. this sure. guy. Sure. I right. think yeah. he's his cousin or his brother. I yeah. don't know. He has to yeah. be some kind he of. He has to be related in some Meaningful. Yeah. But like no one has bothered, including Tyke. To learn sign language, ever. <laughs> like yeah. they they right. gesture to him as though you, without any knowledge of sign language, are gesturing to a caveman that's been unfrozen. Right. Like right. he goes yeah. like lens, car, big one. Like he just like that's it. Can't be lens. That can't be zoom lens in sign language. Right. Right. Yes, no. Holding yeah. it as if you're holding a soccer ball between your right. hands. <laughs> That's right. not exactly and, and he zoom runs. lens. Like he's like, mm. yeah. Well, they also they, they do do. I think a mistake that hearing people do around deaf people, which is they're like, I'm going to dart my glance everywhere, therefore moving my mouth. But you'll be able to read my lips regardless, right? Because that's right. your thing. Like no right. matter where I'm looking, you'll just be able to just read my lips, even though 
I'm not looking at you when I speak, and you'll just yeah. know what I said yeah. just somehow because you've just adapted. But a lot of credit for uh, for a really solid on point hit with a Lincoln Continental. And then the quick cleanup with the trash oh, truck. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow, that is taking care of business. I hated yeah. that. That was harsh. That's Even not... for Ryland Corporation. Yeah, that Ryland is harsh. not that's known rush. for its heart. But... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're not known for their heart, but damn, that was. Speaking of Ryland, by the way, I my whole thing when we were watch, watching this movie, I think even the first time, I was like, I didn't realize it was such a lucrative business that you could get the, as, as Ed mentioned, that you have these two. Uh, tall buildings based on the proto Nakatomi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, like, and, and you're like double downing on Nakatomi's. You got two Nakatomi towers here. It's in downtown Long Beach. Yes, right in off downtown of Ocean Long Boulevard. Beach. Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's just based on like you stealing a bunch of cars, high end cars, and selling mm-hmm. to high end clients. But then I re- then I saw one of the older featurettes on the Blu-ray said that the National Automobile Theft Bureau said that over 1 million cars were stolen between 1983 and 84, meaning every 35 seconds a car was taken, and that the favorites were the Buick Riviera, Toyota Celica Supra, Cadillac yep. Eldorado, Chevy Corvette, and the Pontiac Firebird. Mm. So wow. it made me a little nervous about my Scion XB. <laughs> I feel like it's just it's out there. And anyone can grab it at any time. And I, I'm going to have to be very careful next yeah. time I go to Der Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, somebody... watch yourself. Yeah, watch your back. Basically. It's one of those things with cars where you want to be like, you want your car to be wanted, but you right. also don't want it to be actually right. stolen. Exactly. You know, it's a weird. Exactly. As a car owner, I find myself. Mm-hmm. In I thought that. I was straddling both both of those worlds with the Scion XP, especially one from 2006. I really thought, okay, I'm, people, I definitely yeah. have a model people want. It was a vintage It's a model year. that people are nostalgic for and also feel that, you know, they could just yeah. rip the, re- they could rip the rest of the handle off they could and rip be it all, inside yeah. in a moment. Yeah. Exactly. You know? exactly. Mm-hmm. God, if, what if they got into this car and they fixed the air conditioning? What would oh, I do? Or took, your, or took your CDs. <laughs> My CDs. With the, with, oh, they couldn't because that, that CD player does not eject CDs anymore. So good luck on that one. But you still mm. got that, that, that CD sun visor little doohickey that yep. you can just right. easily pull. They don't even, right. they don't even know right. CDs are up there. Yeah. Wow. Audio. What do you have, in, what do you have stuck in there? Do you have any ugly kid jokes? <laughs> what do you, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Uh, I, yes. It came that way. The <laughs> 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 kid, kid Joe's just been in there since I bought the car. So that just, that's that just awesome. how it is. Great record, though. I've really, they've become my favorite band over the years. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to be. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing Erica pointed out, those two buildings, do people not hear the chop shops that they got going on? Like constantly. No, it is cars? soundproof. It is soundproof. Because it's all glass. It is all how are you, it's all glass. The whole both buildings. Do they yeah. not hear it? Yeah, but it's soundproof glass, dude. Come on. <laughs> you think you think Robert Vaughn is gonna like leave anything to chance? <laughs> oh, speaking of Robert Vaughn, who plays Ryland and is a real monster with his video uh oh, recordings. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Real creeper. He is again, like we were talking about the uh the pain that accumulates and the damage and the toll it takes. Like Robert Vaughn is not out of like the league of villains in this kind of movie, like the cruelty, but 
this movie really shows the the how awful it is you know the toll it takes on linda hamilton like her character really the acting is great and it's Mm -hmm. it's um I don't know. It's a really interesting dimension of this movie, which is that his cruelty is like really cruel. Like it's not yeah. just the, yeah. you know, the ant under the magnifying glass for the audience to feel a thrill of, of the fear. It's like, yeah. Oh, this is taking an emotional toll over the years. Well, as, as you're to your point, Ed, like one thing that I, I think is lost a little bit in terms of w- watching the movie now is the scene where he shows that he has a, a camera in her in her apartment? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like in 1986 was like holy sh! Like how on earth we you like, right. nowadays? It feels like well, yeah. I mean that's not that tricky of a mm-hmm. maneuver at this yeah. point. But back then, it felt like you had to have a tape shit. in there. Yeah, yeah. You had to yeah, have a big like. Or you had to have it wired to something. You had something to have a hard wire right. all the way right. back to your uh, to your building in Long Beach. Right. right. So, that's like an operation. You know, that's a yeah. serious yeah. operation to get like a camera in there that's recording onto VHS all that's happening. I mean, that's like a serious. I mean, that's it. Just felt like that, and at like that time, we were t- felt like insane. And, you know, and like we were talking about with <laughs> with heroes who kind of like sustain damage and then just go on. Like it's the same thing with like. Uh, like say in Lethal Weapon, where they where they kidnap Danny Glover's daughter and like are basically torturing her and stuff, and then there's like no there's no sense of the toll that would take on a person, right? It's just mm-hmm. the immediate danger and fear. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But like mm-hmm. all of these things, like you, like Linda Cam- Hamilton's character is it's revealed was kind of coerced into this life by Robert Vaughn when she was mm-hmm. young and 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 vulnerable. And she's and into hats. Just into, and into at hats. that time, not into wigs, but yeah. into like red but baseball she caps. She parlayed into a wig fascination and collection <laughs> that is the envy of... Of everyone. I don't know. Everyone. LA. Anyone. And uh, she... But she's, you know, she plays this character. She's kind of created this sort of emotional shell around herself to live with it and kind of suppressed it. And then the moment that she sees that he's been recording in her place, it like all falls apart. Yeah. Like whatever that yeah. emotional structure she's built is, you can see it just like crumble and she's back to emotionally square one, you know, like yeah. she's right. just destroyed. And that is, you don't see that in movies a lot. Yeah. It's really yeah. like a cool, yeah. fascinating, really empathetic um, depiction of that, which is, I thought, I think is, amazing in this movie yeah i think well i think he had to kind of be a guy that like keeps his thumb on people in order to control them because let's face it he's not the greatest businessman now when we see robert vaughn as as ryland by the way he was coming off of uh superman 3 at the time and Mm. earlier in the decade he'd been in new world's battle beyond the stars Mm -hmm. but so when we meet him he we see him to be ruthless because he's talking to another businessman that he's trying to sell cars to. And the guy says, Oh, you know, we're not getting quality. So I don't have your money. Cause I can't sell what you were giving me. And so he has his main guy, Luis kill him in mm-hmm. the elevator. How are you going to get that money now? Did you put out like a life insurance policy on this guy before you murdered him? Like, how do you, how do you now recoup your money? I trust that Robert Vaughn has a plan. <laughs> He probably sure. has some kind of videotape related plan. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I don't need the screenwriters to baby step me through this, right? Yeah. I That's trust that the screenwriters. Robert Vaughn has a plan. Sorry. Just copy. I'm just totally talking over it because I'm really, I'm really forcing this t-shirt idea because I need Mark to hear it because he's the t-shirt yes. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Robert Vaughn has a plan. T-shirt. Robert Vaughn has a plan. <laughs> and, and I want my cut. I also think, yes. I also think Robert Vaughn is, uh, he's overly, overly leveraged in his business. Mm. Uh, yes. And is really not, a, he really doesn't have the capital and the power that right. he's portraying. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, right. he's this desperate. guy, this guy that owes him money owes him $400,000. Now, that's nothing to sneeze at. But if you can build a high rise, two of them, that's not enough to say, kill him. Like that right, might be right, enough right, to be like, right. I'm going to have my lawyer call your lawyer and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get the money back. But he's that desperate at this point for any capital that he will well, kill you know, someone you, for four hundred thousand dollars. The subtext is that the feds are moving in, right? Like the, you build your whole business on theft. Like there's people are going to check the paper trail at some point. Where'd you get these cars? Where's the money coming from? Like, right, right. So, hey, so I, the walls are closing in because he did not. He has a plan, but it wasn't to make his business seem legit because there's no. There's legit, no exterior yeah, no business, external yeah. looking, you know. <laughs> do, so, do, do, do you do, think do. that he wanted to get the Black Moon Rising card because he recognized that they had a worse plan than his plan? <laughs> so he could take advantage of their bad plan? <laughs> right. Well, the thing about that card, so two two points about him. That's the card that uh, Squina wants to keep. So as soon as mm-hmm. she, she says, I want to keep this car, he's like, ooh, now I have to take this car from you just to continue right. to keep my control over you. He doesn't yeah. want that car at all. He doesn't even care what the car is. But then I I think two things that make me laugh about his character. Number one, he's made he's he's brought in Squina into the corporation because she's a car thief. So he takes the car that she wants and he fences it in his garage because a thief's never going to get into that. That's a fence. Are you kidding? Just a like chain a regular link fence. Master, a chain link fence. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's locked. You must, that's like basically Fort Knox. But to be fair, later, they do struggle. They do struggle. They do struggle. Right. They're out they of do. practice with the <laughs> yeah. lock picking. It's, it's almost too easy for them. They're both like, I don't know, this is so simple. Is this, that's is like there a when trick? You're, yeah. When you that go back to chain link fence was also soundproof. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, also, yeah. that that isn't he like the worst guy to work for? Not just because you probably have to murder somebody in the elevator for him, but like he has no life. He is always at the building, yeah. even if you're yes. just on security cameras and you think, okay, I got a cool job. I'm in the security room. No big deal. Hey, everybody, there's something weird going on with the cameras. Ryland, you're right behind me. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Like, he's just like, hey, what's going on with the security camera? Like, it's after hours, dude. It's nighttime. I thought you went home. Mm-hmm. Is he living in those towers? Yeah. I don't is, know, but is... he needs to hire Lee Ving and Lee Ving's guys because they have the same work ethic. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we've been talking a lot about this movie, but it's time for us to talk about Things Lalo we loved. Schifrin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Such as Lalo Schifrin and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about Black Moon Rising. Let's start with the things we love. Ed, as our guest, what's something that you loved about Black Moon Rising? I mean, we've mentioned it, but the, the emotional core of, the, of Linda Hamilton and Tommy Lee Jones' characters is, I think, like way beyond 
almost anything you see in this kind of movie or, or really in any uh, level of action movie. I, the, the scene, like we talked a little about just kind of her character's trauma and the way you really see the history of it, how she's built this exterior that's hard and she's built herself a safety zone by being a mm-hmm. great thief that is kind of untouchable in that business. And mm-hmm. the moment she steps out of line, it's like, <clears throat> he's like, I'll destroy you. And that scene, I think, like where she's, he throws her, Luis throws her in the storage room to deal with her later. They're obviously going to kill her or at least hurt her. And Tommy Lee Jones, who is breaking into the building through the air ducts uh, in a diehard wink ahead of time, <laughs> yeah. way, way ahead of diehard with Nakatomi and going through the, the vents. But he like goes down and sees her there and he goes up to her. She's obviously upset and he goes to like console her and touch her face. And she just like her reaction is so real when she pushes him away. It's not like a melodramatic pushing away. It's like she's in trauma, like PTSD mode. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of like he kind of holds her and stuff. But like that moment you never see that in this kind of movie Mm -hmm. and it's so real and gives the whole movie weight and both of their performances are just amazing and but that's kind of what encapsulates for me the whole emotional weight of this movie is like that that scene is so beautiful it's so small it's not like plot wise a big but yeah, I love that. Yeah, but sometimes yeah, those small moments are get get lost in like a big. If you're going to make this movie now, it's, we're not going to. They're not going to bother with those tiny moments. They're just going to go right, for like the or it big... would be telegraphed like a plot point. Like she sure. doesn't want, you know. Right. It's mm-hmm. just so. It's such a great. Mo- the acting between the two of them is so good throughout the movie, and that mo- that moment I think is my favorite in terms of that. Awesome, uh, Mark. What is something that you loved? Um, I really loved the. Uh, the early car chase scene when Squant is trying to catch Squeena. Um, and and I, I it's just mm-hmm. beautifully shot. The, Harley yeah. Coakless mm-hmm. did a great job of shooting that whole car chase scene. The lighting is incredible. The, the just the the actual there's the car the Squant's car is not a great car chase car, and you see that it isn't the best handling car. Like he mm-hmm. fishtails out several times. Mm-hmm. He, it's not able to keep up with her car in an unbelievable way, and it really makes downtown LA look clean, which mm-hmm. is worth pointing out right there. So, um, I also love the fact that in that sequence, like. He nearly catches up with her because LA traffic like denies yeah. her the ability to go through. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, this feels ve- this is very real. This does have a lot of reality in it. Like I love that the car kind of stalls out a bit right at the tunnel, which yeah. is the perfect opportunity. Like everything it it makes no sense except for an awesome car chase and it's <laughs> right. you know what right. I mean, but it's right. like yeah. Here I am. The car stalled out. What's my next option? Here's a tunnel. It goes straight. My next option happens to be this turbo speed thing. <laughs> yeah, but, button. It's that, so great, though. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Erica, what is something you loved? Um, I agree with both Ed and Mark. Those are those are great points. But I also liked um, much more shallow things, such as <laughs> just the cars in general, I thought were really fun. The first time I watched this movie, I didn't realize that the Black Moon Rising was the car. Right. <laughs> Probably for like much longer than yeah. 
probably most viewers took. I, I mean, was it like, sounds, oh, it's the car. It sounds like a werewolf film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in I'm fact, still... I'd be willing to bet that that was the title came before the name of the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But I, I really just liked that it had so, it has so many different people working to figure this out and that there isn't like Tommy Lee Jones has to take notes and get this kind of hotel room across from it and watch it. And it's, I don't know, just that kind of old school sort of detective slash thriller film where it isn't just so clear cut where he's, you know, he doesn't have the internet. He doesn't have cell phones. Mm -hmm. He can't just quickly figure things out. He's got to like do a stakeout and work with people and make calls and do interviews and, well, in a movie kind of about technology, it's yeah. you still and have so, to do the old school. Yes. Let's get the plans yes. for the building and like you know exactly. Yeah. And when he has to go meet, we didn't even say. Maybe I'm spoiling my favorite scene. When he has to go meet the architect, uh huh, sure. And they talk about it. And even the architect's like, I mean, I don't know. Like he doesn't even have all the answers, and he's the freaking architect. Yeah, for the right, building. right. He doesn't right. even know. Like, and then there's the other guy. He goes to the secondary guy. Now I'm forgetting what he did. For but the yeah, building, he, he has the young to work guy, like multiple angles. That's what he means. The young guy is the architect. Yeah. Iron oh, right, John right. is the guy who built it, built so he it. gets yeah. the prize. Right. He's like right, the, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just kind of liked all that elements of him it, it taking him a while to piece it all together, and mm-hmm. in the meantime, he's still like catching heat from the feds and getting beaten up by them and getting like yeah, yeah. Just the all total, the oversight- you don't see that a lot. In, all the in, things that they overlook in terms of how did Lee Ving know where to be. Like it's really gone into detail in terms of how Tommy, it doesn't matter ultimately how Lee Ving figured it out because Mm -hmm. we've seen enough of Tommy Lee Jones having to figure everything out. And it's just like, Oh, this guy's two steps ahead, but yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter why. Having Linda Hamilton's character and just a female character in general in a new world movie, be both a victim and a heroine because it doesn't always work that way mm-hmm. in new world movies they're linda often, hamilton they're most most likely they are a victim yeah for sure for right. sure they're, they're victims, also a hero they don't always get vengeance almost and they ever. don't always get portrayed both. as heroes so. yeah yeah uh, linda hamilton is at her best being like focused and like mm-hmm. you're terminated fucker like that attitude yeah is her mm-hmm. wheelhouse and uh-huh. when she gets to do that in this movie and it's so good so yeah. good yeah. But she also gets to show so many sides. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I agree. The cast of this movie is great. And besides just or even the leads we're talking about, I think this is one of the better supporting casts yes. that yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. And that I think we will get on this podcast in terms of a new world movie, because Richard Jekyll, as we mentioned earlier, he was in mm-hmm. the dirty dozen. He was in uh, John Carpenter's Starman. We got him. We got Bubba Smith. He's yeah. fresh from two installments already at this point of the Police Academy series. Mm-hmm. And he did this movie because he wanted to work with Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Dan Shore, uh, who is the driver of the Black Moon, he was coming off of Tron and he would go on to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got our guy playing the architect, Don oh, Keith Opper from yes. Android. And who would appear in Critters a few months after Black Moon Rising. So this is a great year for yeah. <laughs> uh, Don Keith Opper. <laughs> And I just think like this is a really stacked cast. Like Keenan you know, Wynn. we talked about Keenan Wynn, yes, of course, who's playing Iron John, um, who was in New World's Piranha and Wavelength. Yep. Uh they, like this is just like got an incredible cast. It's yeah, really Nick not Cassavetes, just the like everyone like Re- yeah. throughout. Yeah. And it's people really- are good 
Like the guy, the businessman he kills in the elevator, like mm-hmm. the Cuban guy. Yeah, is yep. really good. Yep. Really good. great. He has yeah. one scene and yeah. he William is... Marquez is his name. And he was also in 8 Million Ways to Die, amongst other things. He's a Cuban actor. Ah, oh, he is so good yeah. in that he scene. Like he stands out. Yeah, know, yeah. Is, well, he stands yeah. up to Ryland, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. if, if you don't have a good guy to go off of Robert Vaughn and then have right. him get ruthlessly on him, you it doesn't. Then it gives him it gives Robert Vaughn this air of like, oh man, you don't want to mess with that dude because that yeah. guy really yeah. takes it to him. It was so, so. I love that scene. Um, so that's certainly something I loved. I loved the, the that. I also loved that. Um, when they get into the building, Tom Lee Jones dressed up as a security guard and he p- wears the security guard uniform over his leather jacket. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. I love security yes. guard on top, oh. blue jeans on the yeah. bottom. No yeah. one's going to see that and be so like, when he, takes, when he takes that off, it's just like, he's uh, on top of a jacket. Like that is so that's hot. not blending. So, in, dude. so hot. So in hot. LA? You're sweating. Oh. sweating inside. I love there. also the way he takes out the other, the real security guard. He goes up the steps. The guy goes, hey, wait. And he comes back down and just kicks him. <laughs> and he just like, I don't know. It's such a great moment. I also just love comes the, right back down to kick his ass. I also <laughs> love the security guards. I mean, yeah. they yeah. are yeah. going for it. This company, whatever security company, because they clearly are are getting a security company because they have uniforms. They got the whole thing. Yes. They go above and beyond because they have guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how many yeah. security companies have guns. Normally yeah. they're just there to call the cops. No, this place, you got to be packing in and order they're to trying you know. to solve this, this uh, monitor security monitor problem. Yeah. Cause they right. know Robert. That's really important to Robert Vaughn to have a clear picture. This is his <laughs> yes. entire arsenal. Got, yeah. You yeah. know how much this guy loves VHS tape. We got to make <laughs> they sure. Are, they are all working together trying to solve this problem. That's right. That's happening with yeah. the monitors. Security guards that will, will shoot you. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. uh, and and IT professionals. <laughs> yes. That's hard to find. Hard. Yep. Very hard. hard to find. You can get one and the other. It's hard to get both. <laughs> That's why you need your 400000 that you're owed. Okay. You're I come full circle. Right. You're right. That's right. You're right. Yep. You need that to makes... pay the company just for that yeah. month. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so let's switch to the things we hated. Ed, what's something you hated in this movie? I mean, I touched on it a little bit. I the, the even though the guys, the actors are actors that I like. The the three car designers, I feel, are like are just yeah. Those actors didn't have much to work with with those yeah. characters. Yeah. They're just such dupes and yeah. like and not in a fun way. Like they're just mm-hmm. useless. And yeah, the scene the scene where where William Sanderson gets killed is just so I don't know. I was just like, ugh, the, like you're yeah. supposed to care, but there's not mm-hmm. much there to care for. And it's so only it's like, there to service why they then join back up with Tommy Lee Jones because they initially right. reject yeah. him when he says, hey, let me work with you and get this car back because he wants to get the tape out of the back. And it's only there for that reason. Though, yeah. it's a spectacular stunt. Yeah. It's a great love. That that yeah. leap up into the air when he gets hit is is pretty spectacular. It's amazing and it's it's really well done. It's a really well shot scene, and it's a cool like Erica said the immediate cleanup. Like it's a really well executed scene. Mm-hmm. There's just no emotional kind of like those right. characters. You're like, eh. we've also seen that guy for maybe a minute's worth of screen time. Yes. So we're not. We don't. We're yeah. like, oh, okay, uh, that guy. Clearly, is dead, I guess. the other characters are invested right. in yeah. him, but I'm not. And yeah. Yeah, the whole there's no care put into 
those fleshing out those characters at all. Like, you know, even right. like a little bit of saving the cat type of kind of caring about them. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, um, yeah, that's to me my least favorite thing in the movie. Mark, what is something you hated? I know that we often will cite the music as something we loved or something we hated. And I do love the soundtrack to this, but I, it, it's really the, the last, I guess, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. They keep mixing between the, like the, the soundtrack, the theme, the opening theme soundtrack with sort of a exorcist knockoff. And then orchestrated music that sounds like it was ripped from an episode of Magnum P.I. Mm. And it just kind of makes some of the last parts of the movie feel cheap and a little silly because the soundtrack's mm-hmm. like so like a TV movie, not a movie movie, like a, right. in theaters yeah. movie. Um, I just wish that they had stuck with that original soundtrack and kind of built on that, that sort of syn- synthesizer mm-hmm. score. It just would have... it. Tonally, it would have kept things consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know more about what went behind behind the scenes with the music because Lalo Schifrin is no slouch. Like, and his theme in the opening of the movie is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know if it's just too. It's fantastic. It's so good. Um, I don't know if it's something that he was just like a cast off thing that he agreed to give them and then wasn't going to sit down for whatever they paid him and build a whole soundtrack around that theme. Yeah. Yeah. Or if, yeah, I don't know what the story is behind that, but, but it's a great theme and they probably just didn't have enough variety of it to fill in the whole movie. To do something I, more. I have no idea. That seems like the case. It just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. It doesn't when you work. Hear these, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. I think when we talked to Harley and I asked him about working with Lalo, he, he was like, yeah, he did a great job, but like you, he's done so many scores of this kind, you know, that he had done so many car chase themes that he had done. Like, I feel that there might be just a little bit of, I don't know. Like I wrote a couple good things yeah. and then here's a couple yeah. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I don't right. know. I've, I've done it so many a of big these. Payday like, for Lalo. He, oh, I'm sure yeah. this is not a huge payday. Like they were probably and- so excited to get him. He was probably not so excited. He was working for new world. So I don't, I mean, you know, right. <laughs> so Erica, what is something that you hated? Honestly, there wasn't much I hated about it. Uh, probably the, my biggest beef, really, if I if I had to ha- say one thing that I hate that I think is kind of glaring, is Tommy Lee Jones' squants. Um, sort of like zip line between the buildings. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay. Like, he can't he can't do it all and to me that took away a little bit of the you watch him get his ass kicked put in the work like he doesn't seem like he's not an idiot he has some street smarts but he's also not like the smartest guy in town sure but i was just like this zipline situation like no i'm sorry i he's no, that's he's, where I call he's no nasa scientist who built a cool car you know no. but it just right. i do like- have to say erica to, to because i agree with to a certain point how he I mean, that zip line is professional when he's actually going right. across it. It's just, I it feel like he, I get the sense that he was perfect. in the army mm. and he probably learned a few things, but he never, I never get, aside from the, the, how well the zip line is tied and he, it had to be cause he's doing a stunt, but like, I never, I get the sense that he's like past his prime in terms of like, he hasn't been training daily for this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's something he knew how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, 
It didn't Wonder- work for me. It took me out of it, if I'm sure, honest. Yeah. Sure. That, that's what took me out of it. <laughs> it, 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 okay. reminded, it, it reminded Erica that she could be watching Cliffhanger right now. <laughs> that's right. Oh, God. Which she would love to do. <laughs> Which I always miss. She, she um, there's a great thing. There's a great... When Tommy Lee Jones first is about to, like... Like, he looks over the side of the building where he's about to go off under the, the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the line. And the look on his face of actual... Abject fear. fear. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then when he tips over onto the zip line, like he goes over the side of the building, you hear him go, duh. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, it's so real. Yeah. And it's so, like, he's in pain. Yeah. He's clearly yeah. not done this every day of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I because, love Because Because he also, one side he secures really well on a cinder block, and the other one's like, well. It's just like, pew! The other one, he shoots yeah. the Fingers like, crossed. Yeah. he's got the like hook on the other side, like, we'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Gets, yeah. Like, that's I, not secure. Like, I totally agree with Erica that it's like, the zipline itself feels too professionally done, but like, I love that beginning like where he just goes Agreed. over and you just hear yeah. him go like, yeah. like <laughs> I almost wish in that so moment that he would have been like fuck it and just gone back down and just like <laughs> blasted his way to the top the rest of it because it just feels like ah, that was for me the one thing because everything mm. else was so like rough and dirty like he literally yeah. had to fist fight his way to everything else and he had to make this choice of like tucking the tape into the car like that was a risky move and then sure. to have this zip line workout just feels like yeah yeah He's had, he's, he's like <laughs> duct taped a plastic bag with a gun under his car. Yeah. Like, and he struggles to yes. get it, you know? And it's yes. like, yeah. And everything I, I else you. is like so. Yeah, this one was much easier. DIY. Yeah. Like, this was yeah. like, well, now he just has all these, like. <laughs> they do try to really make it seem like he could fall. He could fall, like, a lot. Yeah. Because, again, it's yeah, really. What they should have really showed is how many times it takes him to get that claw thing to actually hook onto something. Yeah. Like it just yeah. uh, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. <laughs> Twenty minutes later. Yeah. Um I agree though. I, there's not a lot of stuff I hated this time except for wouldn't it have been a great ending if we saw Linda Hamilton and Squant just eating a chili dog at Wiener Schnitzel? Yes. I mean, come yes. On. What an end. What yes. an end. Yes. Um although but, the the scene the 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 sex scene at the end where he can't do anything because he's in pain is a great. <laughs> yeah, pretty I know. Great. I know. Pretty yeah. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You could have that and then be like, ah, uh, you know, this isn't going to work. Let's have a chili <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then uh, they high five and freeze frame. Right. It. <laughs> uh, let's go to our favorite scenes. Um, our favorite scene from this movie, Mark, what's your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is actually when, <laughs> is the opening scene. I have two of them. The opening okay. scene, because we don't really know anything about the plot. We've got this like very cold like email that shows up. And then Tommy Lee Jones is going into a liquor store to or gas station or whatever to get coffee. And then this kid tries to hold up the, the liquor store. And you really learn a lot about his confidence and his character in that scene, even though mm-hmm. you don't really know what role he's playing in the movie, um, of just how he handles the scene. He kind of explains to the kid like he's, He's aware of this camera. He's already spotted it. He's already two steps ahead of this kid. And that is like kind of how his character is is through the movie. Yeah. I really love that. Then I love the scene when Bubba Smith is introduced because he like when he comes into the bathroom and tells there's a guy at the urinal and he says, put it away and get out. 
All I kept thinking was like that kid totally dribbled all over himself because there's no way midstream you can just like tuck it and run without some kind of mishap. Yes. That's right. That's right. You can't go that quick. Um, uh, Ed, your favorite scene? Um, <clears throat> the zipline scene. No. Uh, <laughs> I was be like, what? <laughs> <clears throat> I. It's hard for me to pick a real scene because there's moments in so many scenes that I think are are fantastic. But um, I really like the the where he's just the even though it's hard to watch where he's getting beat up. Like I think it's the most real, yeah, like hero getting beat up scene that I've seen maybe in a movie outside um, the little construction house. Outside the little, like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they have these little trailers, I guess you would call them. I mean, you can call them whatever you want, I guess. Uh, I love that. I do love, just as a side note, they. I love the hospital room set up in that trailer. Like, it's like, yeah. we're not going to get this guy out of the trailer. Right. Yeah. So let's just. No, it's it's well, definitely ho- It's definitely hospice at this point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. Uh-huh. That's my favorite scene too, the Iron John scene, where really before yeah. he gets beat up out in the outside of the yes. outside of his room. But I was like, are they just like, buddy? I don't care if you're about to die. We need to set up hospice in this construction trailer. Yeah, we've got to get this. You're going to finish this build, my <laughs> yes. God! I was like, dear Lord, is that I think legal? It's more like he's like, I'm not retiring. I've got a job to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are retiring like really soon. Like <laughs> soon. I mean, Jesus, dude. He's like still like he's still like got an air tank. He's got an oxygen yeah. mask, and he's just like, hey guys, grab all, get that lumber out to the. Hold on a second. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's like I love that you couldn't hire anyone else. Yeah, but the scene, the scene uh, from where he finds Iron, they killed Iron John. They're like looking for these and then they beat him and then he drives to Linda Hamilton's like that whole section. Yeah, I think is just so well handled and so like the, the stakes are both like plot stakes and emotional stakes. And like the damage, again, like we've said it a lot of times, but the toll it takes adds so much to what's at stake in the movie and Mm -hmm. and what could happen. So I love that. Erica, your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when we see uh, when Mr. Ryland has first met slash onboarded Linda Hamilton. (laughs) And he meets her as a street urchin Mm -hmm. who he (laughs) sees a little spark in. That whole like, and it's all just pre-recorded, I guess. And we're watching it yeah. through his, you know, video archives. He, video, he records everything. He records her, how he kind of inducts her into this life of crime. I thought that was awesome because it was such it's a dark. great. It yeah, is. Yeah, it's dark. really dark. And she's yeah. so good in it, and she's so subtle because she's just doing like little subtle things that make her seem younger and more vulnerable mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of more un- unsure of herself than she is as we see her now. Yeah. Loved that. She was just a teacher then. She wasn't the assistant principal yet. So she was just (laughs) she was a TA. All right. Um, all right. Let's let's talk about final questions. These are our final questions for Black Moon Rising. What songs do you think were on that mixtape that Squant stole in the opening sequence? (laughs) (laughs) I mean Credence. You gotta have Credence. You gotta have that one. Sure. Somewhere in the early middle. credence. Early, yeah. early, yeah. yeah. Not the old yeah. credence or the newer yeah. credence. Not the sellout credence. <laughs> right. 
does Linda, does, uh, does, does Squeena, does she not have a guest kimono for when people stay over? <laughs> I guess <laughs> not. I guess not. Someone right. stole it. <laughs> just, she hangs oh, out with okay. thieves. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I also think Tommy Lee Jones was just a shirtless kind of guy. He was either full sure. leather jacket or nothing. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing up top. No half measures. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we just really quickly talk about the end of this movie? Was it always in his plan to sh- to shoot the car from one building to the more abandoned building? Because <laughs> because there not only is Marvin there, Lee Ving, and all of his guys, but also Bubba Smith is there. Like everyone's there. Like exactly yes. when he gets. Was that part of yes. the plan? It had to have been. But that was always because his plan. It was very coordinated. Yeah, but it feels improvised. It yeah. feels improvised, it which is the mark of a great thief. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, we'll really quickly do a Ryan's research corner. There's not much to say uh, that we haven't said. Uh, or we haven't said in our interview with Harley Coakless, which you should definitely go back and listen to. But. Uh, this movie was released in January, uh, January 10th, 1986. It's a January movie. Aww. It followed mm-hmm. Transylvania 65,000 in November of 1985, making contact, Ooh. which you can listen Ooh. to us talk yeah. about in a previous mm. episode, which was in December 1985. It was their it was their Christmas movie that year. That's right. And it preceded Knights of the City, which was released in February of 1986. Um January is normally a time where, at least now, it seems like there's a lot of like movie studios will dump movies mm-hmm. in January. I'm not sure how much of that was something that New World did or if that was even a marketing strategy at the time or just something studios did. But um, uh, I just wanted to go over a little bit of some of the January movies they did release. Angel, for, and this is really more of the, the, the second ownership uh, group. Rather than Roger yeah. Corman, because Corman didn't ha- release a lot of movies in January. Because that's because Angel Three is more of a Thanksgiving movie. That's true, exactly. <laughs> as, we, as we've mentioned, uh, Angel was released in January. Tough Turf was released in oh, January. Nice. Avenging, Some of my favorites. Avenging Angel, uh, which is Angel Two, that's also released in January. Wanted, Dead or Alive, and The Telephone are some of the movies <laughs> that they released in wow. January. Um, and Ed, while we're here, and it is John Carpenter's birthday, um, can you just tell us your three favorite John Carpenter movies? We'll be able to discuss this ourselves in another time, because John Carpenter also wrote early drafts of The Philadelphia Experiment, which is another movie we'll get to eventually. But what are your three favorite John Carpenter movies? I mean, this is going to seem very, I mean, it's like, of course. Sure, uh, sure. I wish I could do some kind of like deep cut <laughs> Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which I do love. Right. Um, and I rewatched the other day. But I I, uh, I think it has to be Halloween, The Thing, and They Live. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, those, Solid. I can't, I can't pick, even Escape from New York, which I also love. I, you know, it's hard to pick the third one. Yeah. The third one is the tricky the thing one. In Halloween. Yeah. yeah. The third one's yeah. like, what is that? Which one does that? Because I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, Halloween and The Thing. That's just, seems sure. to, you know, yeah. and then the third one's like, well, which one do yeah. you look? It could be Big Trouble in Little China. It could be They Live. It could be Prince of Darkness. It could be it just depending Escape, on where you. I've watched Escape from New York probably the most of any mm-hmm. of the third yep. ones. Agreed. Yeah, me too. But I yeah. think that um, I think They Live. I don't know if you asked me tomorrow, it'd probably be different. But uh, yeah. They Live, yeah. I think. Yeah. But as long as you have Halloween and 
the thing on there. If not, the thing. Fuck they're you. Per- they're perfect, <laughs> right? You know, they're fucking perfect. Yeah. No, no. Well, you know what, if- what, Erica? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, if you were really hardcore, you would say like you know, um, uh, Elvis and body bags. <laughs> yeah, like you could be try to be cool, but no, you like, wouldn't. really, you wouldn't. Yeah, but no one would buy it. Yes. No one would buy no. it. They'd be like, no, yeah. I'm sorry, you know. Dark Star Man, that's his best movie. No, no, yeah, no, no. So. sorry. I don't think so. Don't yeah. think so. Uh, all right, Ed, thank you so much for being here with thank us. You, we talk about thank Black you, Ed. Thank you. I've been listening to you so long that I feel like I knew you, and now it's nice to. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe we'll get to know each other better now that we're friends. Now. <laughs> I feel like I would have been at your bachelor party or, <laughs> or our, know, wedding. Played, our wedding. Our kid, wedding. Or your wedding or a kids yeah. played together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one day, Ed, maybe. maybe we'll someday. have to go to Australia now, but who it's knows? This whole backstory I make up in my head, like playing Halo till four in the morning at your place. <laughs> <laughs> but that <laughs> never happened. John Carpenter festivals. <laughs> That's right. That we did it and, and that we may have done in, in an apartment somewhere in Chicago. Um, But thank you again for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black Moon Rising. Please follow us on the socials. Ed, where are you on the socials? Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, man. If you want to see like some stupid arguments with stupid people, uh, I'm on Twitter. (laughs) Find me. (laughs) Funny, that's what we do on our Twitter, too. And you can find us there and Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time on the New World Pictures podcast. Bye, everybody.